What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Hocus Pocus, the original, and Hocus Pocus 2, the sequel, 29 years later. Hocus Pocus 2, the sequel. The sequel. I should have called it that. <laughs> yeah, just Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah. Stop. What did you think? Well, you know, it's not important what I thought, because <laughs> this is the first time Kevin has ever seen Hocus Pocus. And as we know, when someone hypes up a movie for you for years, and you watch it, mm. you're usually like, yeah, that was fine. I don't understand the nostalgia and, like, hype factor. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about the Goonies incident. <laughs> When you watched the Goonies for the first time. Yeah. And it was fine. And it was fine. <laughs> I think it happens to people who watch Star Wars for oh, the first yeah, time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know people who've watched Star Wars for the first time who like the prequels more than the original trilogy. Mm. And that makes people mad. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny because so, it's an opinion. There's not I, a right or wrong one. I mean, Hocus Pocus is just one of those movies. People watch it every year around Halloween. We grew up with it. And mm -hmm. it's something that younger people discover too mm -hmm. and become fans of younger people as in children yes that's Over that's the what past younger people years, are <laughs> some of those children have now grown into adults. adults so this is kevin's first time yeah and what did you well think? i want to know what you think of the movie too okay i i'll tell you my okay. opinion is not the important all opinions are important that's not true. <laughs> Blew out the mic on that one. <laughs> I mean, in, in I our case... I understand what you're saying. Yes, but yes. Most of it's important. <laughs> Not all opinions um, are. I thought that there was not enough of the Sanderson sisters in the first Hocus Pocus. Um, Interesting. I... Really enjoyed what Bette Midler, Kathy Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker brought to that movie. And anything that wasn't them or Doug Jones was boring. Fair enough. <laughs> that is what I thought. Fair enough. Um, and that's the, the, that's the headline. Um, I really enjoyed The Witches and everything else felt fine um in so so the, the first thing i noticed watching the movie was kenny ortega directed it yes um, kenny ortega who has a a long history on this podcast mm -hmm. of being involved in various movies because um, we musical. like to watch the goofy disney yeah movie. we disney. do disney as in disney channel yes movies. disney channel original movies which Hocus Pocus was not. Hocus Pocus premiered in theaters to very mediocre reviews in a poor box office. Mm -hmm. And has since gained what I would claim to be a true cult following. I mean, it's just one of those movies that kind of fizzled when it was mm -hmm. out. And then, it, and then it's become so popular. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Good. It's grown immensely in popularity. And that's awesome. I love it when movies can do that. Um, because it's like, yeah, box office isn't everything. Initial reviews aren't everything. People come to love what they come to love. And that's really cool. Um, so it did not feel like a modern era Kenny Ortega film to me. Both good and bad. <laughs> uh, I think Kenny Ortega is not a wonderful director, but I think he's very good at what he does. Uh, which is why he keeps getting hired to make more Disney Channel original mm -hmm. movies. Um... But it also felt like the Sanderson sisters were in a completely different movie than the rest of the film. And I would not be surprised if the majority of the fandom around this film that has grown over the years was love towards that trio rather than the characters of Max and Danny and the third one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think her name was Allison. Maybe. I, I watched it recently and I cannot remember... Um, and, spoilers, both for Hocus Pocus and for Hocus Pocus 2, 
We spoil everything on these podcasts. So we often forget to start the podcast by saying that. So I'm saying it now We've before only I'm saying spoilers. Over 100 episodes and we I'm, still... I'm saying it before the spoils actually happen. Those three characters do not appear at all in the second movie. And I did not think the film was harmed by their absence. No, I thought they were pulling like a Boy Mates World thing where the characters from the original film, Max and teenage girl, Allison, Allison. have a child. And the child brings back. I absolutely would have expected that. I thought I had heard that. So I wonder if it was in an earlier draft or I just made it up. You didn't make it up. Okay. There is a novel that was a sequel to Hocus Pocus that was about the child of Max and Allison bringing back the witches. Uh, That was the the only continuation, official continuation of the series. It wasn't a series, it was a film, up until this movie. Um, So you didn't make that up, that you had, like, read that somewhere. But that was not what this movie was. This movie was a wholly original story in that it was not a continuation of anything that happened in the previous film. No, you didn't need to see there was the first the, film. The most tenuous of connections via Gilbert, mm-hmm. um, who was a child during first movie. Well, they did a little bit of exposition with some flashbacks from the original movie. Yes, like very one. brief. Um, so, in case... Like, I don't even think you needed them to be able to... To catch what was going to on. To understand what was going on in the second one. Well, jumping to the second one for a second. Uh, literally, the first thing that the Sandersons do when they are summoned is, like, lay out their entire plan. Is expositional dialogue... Sorry, the second thing they do. The first thing they do is sing a song. The second thing they do yeah. is expositional monologuing about their plan to brew a potion for eternal life. Um, which is fine. I... Those three actresses do such a great job with all of the material that just having them spout exposition works. I'm down for it. Um, so yes, you knew what their plan was from from the jump. Um, and I don't think seeing the first one would be necessary for enjoyment of the second. No. No. Although I do kind of wish... They have brought Kenny Ortega in to direct Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus 2. If for no other reason than when the crowd of townspeople <laughs> that are under the spell... We're dancing? And we're kind of like dancing as a group. It was really um, not synchronized or, or uh, complicated is the wrong word. It was yeah. very simple movements. Which and is funny. I feel like... That underutilized the crowd dance scene. I don't disagree with that opinion of those dances. Uh, what's funny to me is this was directed by Anne Fletcher, who is a choreographer. Uh, she directed, among other things, Step Up, 27 Dresses, not a, a film. Not a dance film. No, not a dance film. But has done lots of choreography work in lots of films. Um like, I'm just looking at the list on Wikipedia right now, and it is a lot. Many of which don't have, like, the greatest choreography, but, like, Hairspray. I love the movie Hairspray, the musical. Um, yeah. Yeah, the crowd's dancing scene was very underwhelming, because you can, like, you can make callbacks to Thriller. Oh, there's so many things you can do with all of this Disney original, mm-hmm. Disney Channel zombies and High School Musical and Descendants, and Descendants um, that do make great use of crowd dancing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the highlights of those films. And I was sorely disappointed. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I, I think, yes, Kenny Ortega would have not let that happen. <laughs> that could have been uh, a point. I, do, I felt like... Uh, in the second one, the singing performance was really shoehorned in. I mean, I feel like that was true of the first one also. Yeah. There were fewer of them. It's just such an iconic scene in the first one. <laughs> I can, like, forgive it being shoehorned in because it's so iconic. Like, I don't feel like I expected it the first time I saw it. 
I, I did. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater pretty soon after. I, I wouldn't be surprised. The yeah, and uh, I'm not one of the people who rewatches it every year. But it still has that that place of power. Yes, it's definitely a nostalgia um, enjoyment. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable to go back and rewatch it. I don't remember the last time I watched the whole thing. Might have been like twenty plus years sure. ago. Um, so. And it is, I, it is one of those movies that's always, like, on TV and Halloween-y times. Right, so you flip through and you see little bits and, and I've pieces. And I've seen little bits and pieces of it, but never the whole thing. Um, and never even a significant portion of it. So this was definitely my first time seeing most of it. Uh, and there were, going back to the first one, I think a lot of very fun surprises for me over the course of the film that I, I did enjoy. Um although not to the extent that I think the Sanderson sisters are truly iconic. Like, I, I think their status as that is deserved because all three of them were great and distinct and interesting in yeah. ways you don't expect. Like the line readings, you're like, I just wasn't expecting that line to go in that direction. Right? There was so much of that. I think all three of them did that in very different ways that I, I think was brought there by the actresses rather than the script itself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the coordination of the walk that they do together. Oh, like, just, you can just thank brilliant. You Felicity um, for making your opinion known. Yeah. The the walking, the, all of the physical comedy, Sarah Jessica Parker being this sort of flighty, I mean, hippie isn't the right term, but it's close, like... It's kind of ditzy. Ditzy, yeah. Um, but the kind of, like... Ditzy that's hard to do well as an actor, mm-hmm. um, but I think she nailed very well throughout the whole film. Yeah. And they're coordinated, like they have chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They feel like sisters. They feel lived in. Um, but I, like, lots of other things that I did find surprising and interesting. Um, so we'll start just with my notes at the beginning, which is uh, the first thing I wrote after Kenny Ortega was, uh, wow, this Puritan guy's got very 90s hair. <laughs> um, and then I had to go look up who the actor was because your mom kept making mentions oh, about him. I was going to surprise you I with know. It. I, I was... would not have guessed. <laughs> I would not have guessed. But she kept mentioning it, and so I had to go look it up. Um, and it's uh, Proby from NCIS. Yeah. Thackeray Binks. Thackeray Binks. by Sean Murray or Murphy. Yeah, I think it's Murray. I think it's Murray. Um, although the weird thing I was looking at as I was looking it up, he did not provide his own voice. I saw that too. <laughs> that was really interesting. They dubbed him, uh, a pe- according to a trivia page I found on the IMDb, they dubbed him because he sounded too modern, mm-hmm. and so they wanted someone with more of an affected accent, and so they just dubbed him in post, both him and the cat version of him. So I, I you know, I was watching it and I was like. Oh, this doesn't really sound like him. I didn't know he could do a British accent like this. And then I watched the credits and I saw a voice. Saw that and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't. That's why it didn't sound like him. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, it's always weird when they like hire someone else to dub your voice after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that has happened to Doug Jones. Fun internet trivia thing that I know in my brain. Oh. For what film? Uh, the original Hellboy film. Um, he performed Abe Sapien, the, the Aquaman, um, and was after the fact dubbed over by David Pierce, Fraser's brother. Mm-hmm. David Hyde Pierce, I think is his full mm-hmm. name. Um, something they rectified in the second one, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, where Doug Jones got to do both parts. Both his own voice and his acting. Wonder what was happening in that first. I think it was, you know, getting a name, you know, trying to get a name for this guy because Doug Jones, who has name recognition in my household, yes, um, does not necessarily have that same level of recognition in the rest. And so, again, another pleasant surprise was Doug Jones popping up as the zombie. Well, that was interesting on the rewatch of it, noticing Doug Jones because. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have lots of context for Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know he was in Yeah, this film you wouldn't have guessed Billy that. Butcher, Billy Butcher. Billy Butcherson? B- Butcher, 
Billy uh, Butcher is on The Boys. Yes. Uh, no relation. Billy Butcherson. Um, and his physicality is amazing. Yeah, of course it is. He's Doug Jones. <laughs> Um, I think I only know who Doug Jones is because of Star Trek Discovery, but since then you've pointed out other things. Like he's he's the, in so many things. He's in so many things, and his his shtick is being a heavy character monster makeup. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did you ever cares. see um, Pan's Labyrinth? No. Oh, you should. It's good. He's in. It he's he's like films. three characters in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I've always been like, well, yeah. that's something I would watch. It's a, it's a, it's a really good movie. Um, but he's the guy that goes like this, mm. um, among other things. Kevin, Kevin was holding his hands up to his eyes. Well, so yeah, gesture. It, yeah. You know, if yes. you've seen the movie, <laughs> I'm just describing. They know. Thank you. What um, gesture? So. Uh, Doug Jones is great. I love Doug Jones. And I love him in movies. It was weird to hear him talking in the second one. <laughs> he doesn't... I mean, he might have one line in the first I think he's one. got, like, two lines after he cuts open his mouth. So, it was weird to hear him... Like, have multiple lines. multiple lines. <laughs> Another thing I was looking up that I thought was, again fascinating, wouldn't have changed my enjoyment of the first film. Uh, those were real moths in his mouth? Those were not a CG effect when he gets oh, wow. open his mouth. They basically put like a latex thing inside of his mouth and then put moths in it with tweezers. And then like he cuts it open and opens his mouth and actual moths fly out. Wow. <laughs> that would never happen now. It's, I know. That would CG that immediately. In fact, I think when Winifred, she spells him so his mouth is shut again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was CGI. Oh, I'm sure it was. That they didn't just put makeup on of, of the threads over yeah. his mouth. Um, yeah. Uh, lots of practical effects. Lots of special effects, though, uh, mm-hmm. that worked really well. The one thing that like I knew was from this movie that had like seeped into my brain was the witch flying on the vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a brilliant piece of iconography, and it has has stuck with me, even never having seen this film. Uh, and I think, going back to the second one, spoilers again, uh, they paid it off really great with the Roombas. Yeah. I thought the Roombas were great. The Roombas. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. That was, that uh, was a good I joke. I loved it. It was a good It joke. served a purpose later in the mm-hmm. plot. So. Yeah. Um... I loved the appearance of the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which they didn't call it that, uh, but the book. Um, I, I don't know what you're it's, um, about. I only, I know it, it's a, it is the Book of the Dead, bound in human flesh. Um, mm. I know it from the Evil Dead series of films, where it, it is the trigger for all of the evil that happens in those and while it wasn't ever explicitly stated as that, the iconography of it, the design of it, very much reminded me of the mm-hmm. Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Necronomicon? Is that the name of it? Necronomicon something something. Um, and it has magic words you have to say or else bad things happen. Klaatu uh, Verat Nictu. You have to say them exactly. Uh, uh, also, the book played a huge role in both movies, especially the second one. Um, which was a fun practical prop. Uh, I liked the guys that I wrote down as Low Rent Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> One of they, them was named Jay. They do predate. Uh, when was Clerks? 91. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I think it was 91. Now, now, you're, now you're checking me. I'm pretty sure it was 91. And Mallrats was 94. No, Clerks was 94, so they predate Jay and Silent Bob. Okay, okay. Maybe not the script itself, but yes, the characters... In in the first one, the bullies. The bullies. Max's bullies. Um, who basically got left in those cages at the yeah. end of the first movie. Yeah. That's something else that I, I noticed throughout the first movie that was not present in this one. Um, which is that a lot of the things that happen in Hocus Pocus are surprisingly dark... And not commented on by anyone. 
the bullies in the cages, I think, are a pretty pretty sinister one. Like, um, Max doesn't go to rescue them. He just nope. leaves them with he the witches. He just leaves them with the witches. Um, like, they do show them killing child. Yeah. I mean, it's not a violent death. They're just sucking in our energy. But yeah. they are killing. There is, there is a child murder in the opening minutes of this mm-hmm. movie. Um, they burned the witches alive in a pottery kiln? Yeah, I always thought that was... Uh, Furnace incinerator. When I rewatched it this time, I was I realized it was a pottery yeah. kiln. And then I was thinking, wow, that high school has a really unsafe. <laughs> you can just lock someone in the pottery yeah, kiln. There's not like an emergency hatch on the inside. <laughs> you can lock it from the outside and hit a button, and, and then just... fire. <laughs> erupts like yeah, that's I, an accident waiting to i don't happen. know a lot about walk-in pottery kilns but i gotta believe they're built with like a safety switch on the inside the oh no i'm trapped in here don't turn it on switch um but it's okay because it didn't matter because they just turned back into themselves again in a in a moment that did not make sense at all to me i don't know if i just missed why that they could do that just one of those things you roll with. Yeah, yeah. Not not the greatest plotting, but that's fine. Um, but they did just, like, their solution was murder the witches. That's the dark part I was talking about. Uh, they ran over a cat with a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, the cat ended up being fine, but you didn't know that at first. Um, at some point, I wrote, just doing a murder. I don't even know what or who was doing a murder but they were just going to do a murder. That may have been the... The The kiln. The kiln. I think that was when it was. Um, Max freaking loves his lighter, which, if if nothing else set this film in the 1990s, it was the teenager who carries a Zippo all the time. I should know I was once a teenager who carried a Zippo all the time. (laughs) I mean, he got it from the museum. He he didn't already have it. Yeah, but once he had it, he used any excuse to take it out. (laughs) That's true. One of the things that, I mean, the plot is that a virgin must light it. Yes. They never explained what a virgin, like, that's just Oh, that's one of the notes I had was like, there's a lot of discussion of virginity in this film. Yeah. For a 93 PG kids movie. Yeah. Like we're just we're just rolling with that, huh? Just... Yeah, I wonder what like eight year old me thought of if if yeah. that registered at all. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I thought it was funny. Uh, here's something I didn't like, and I feel bad saying this, um, but I found Danny incredibly annoying or poorly acted Aww. at almost all times. <laughs> I feel bad saying that. Uh, I've seen Thora Birch and a couple other things, and I think she's been good. Um, it just didn't work for me here. I mean, she was an annoying little sister. Like, yeah, got that across that she was an annoying little sister. Yeah, but I, I couldn't tell if it was like I, she was written to be an annoying little sister. But some of the acting choices just didn't land for me, mm-hmm. and it's hard to be a child actress. And I get that. Um, I did well, we need to teach Danny about toxic masculinity I don't remember why <laughs> something about what happened in the bedroom that's what it was um, she it was something about making fun of her brother in a way that was very mean mm. and hurtful I don't remember the exact lines or why but I felt bad about her I felt not bad about her I felt bad about him and the, the thing she was putting on her brother uh, yeah. Uh, Allison's parents were very clearly having an eyes wide shut party. <laughs> that was never mentioned, but that was definitely a weird sex party. <laughs> Everyone in the house was wearing the same period clothing. Well, yeah, it was clearly like an 18th century party that they yeah. do every year. Yeah, every year they have the same party and everyone brings their same costumes. Uh-huh. Kids aren't allowed. I get it. Well, Allison was there. Yeah. She had her costume. She did. That's true. 
the song was clearly just an excuse to let Bed Midler sing, but I don't mind that. Because Bed Midler sings well, and that was a fun song, and it was a good performance. Yeah, but it served a purpose, too, because through the song, yes, no, they made she it... put a spell on the parents so yes. they didn't come solve the problems. The, Although the parents weren't going to solve the problems anyway. They'd been clearly established no, as very, useless like, adults. Par- yeah, useless adults. Your <laughs> parents just don't know what's going on. Um, my, the last note I wrote, uh, the last one I wrote that I haven't talked about yet, um, and this is such a silly thing to be like a major nitpick, but I'm going to pick this nit. Uh, that is not at all what Madonna's costume looks like. <laughs> like her famous cone bra. Um, and I realize that, like, it has morphed in the public consciousness even since then. Um, but I've seen that performance enough that I know what it should look like. Yeah, but if you're a mom putting together Madonna costume... I mean, yes, you're going to go for the obvious, but... Uh, and it, it did look like a homemade costume, so props mm-hmm. for that. It was not screen accurate. Because so honestly... The Madonna costume, the, the cone bra bustier thing, is more understated than we remember it as being. Mm-hmm. It is still provocative, and rightfully so. She was provoking us. Um, but I think it has grown in scandalousness over the years. Although now it's something nobody talks about anymore. I think if, you're, if you were born after 2000, you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, which is also fine. All right, that was last of my notes. I also thought in the first one we watching how brilliant like the costumes were, specifically the cloaks and mm-hmm. the way they got them to billow while they were uh, riding their brooms through the air. Yes, was really cool. I agree. I I mean, much of the effects were practical, and that was very cool. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure. The witches on their brooms were all in, like, harnesses and, like, mm-hmm. in air. They weren't just standing on a box waving themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that looked really good. Really good. I think when they're in the car and the witches are, like, flying beside them. Yeah. That's scary. That is. That's that was very a scary, scary moment. Still kind of creeps me out a little bit. I don't know why that, among all the other things that happen yeah it's the it's that level of spookiness yeah what other thoughts do you have what else did you enjoy or re-recognize reconnect with um i think i've i've stated it um, for the first for the original okay i think this um, is a good I movie i like still it. enjoyed re-watching it mm-hmm. um and understand why it's a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was also enjoyable, but clearly not in the same. It wasn't in the same zeitgeist moment. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it. Well, it doesn't have the chemistry of like just being in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. Or the 29 years of nostalgia on it, either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, um, I thought the film begins with the Sanderson sisters as children um, in Salem. And I thought the kids, the kids Sanderson sisters were doing an imitation mm-hmm. of the adult yes. Sanderson sisters. I agree so it with didn't that. come out. Uh, very strong because mm-hmm. it's an imitation and not interpretation an embodiment yes. of it. Um, and then, to some degree, I think that the three actors, Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and, and Sarah Jessica Parker, were also doing an imitation of their original. I characters. can see that. Yeah. To some, to some uh-huh. extent, I think mostly I caught it on Sarah Jessica Parker. Hmm. Um, because we were watching this with my mom, and my mom turns <laughs> to us 30 minutes in and is like, I don't think Sarah Jessica Parker is doing a very good job. And I said, I, I agree. I agree. I think it reads much differently on her in her 50s mm-hmm. than it does in her in her 20s. Mm-hmm. 
and it it didn't um, land in the same. It seemed yeah. rather forced mm. to me. Interesting. I liked it equal amount. Okay. Okay. <laughs> both both good and bad. I think. Um, the performances of the sisters was on par with what they had done in the first one because I think the first one is campy and over the top, and so while that may have been dialed up some in the second, it was not to the extent that it bothered me. I didn't think it was, the campiness was dialed up; it just didn't feel it felt like more forced, is that centered, okay, like grounded. Fair. I don't know how how grounded I feel the first one was, so. <laughs> Grounded for the presentational yeah, style. I, I get what you're saying. Performance, <laughs> it is. I think that Kathy Najimi was, um, uh, moved her mouth in the opposite direction. I thought in the so film. too! I was I don't watching know how to that. describe it in words, but she, she does she, a, she does a thing with her mouth. She, does she drops her, her, mouth. her lower lip. Kind of in a snarl, almost. Yeah, and I think she was doing it on the opposite side. I think she was doing it on the opposite side, too. (laughs) Which was just funny. Yeah. I mean, only a thing I noticed, because I literally watched the movies basically back-to-back, but I thought that was funny, that she did that. Uh, Yeah, I gotta switch to my notebook, because that's where I wrote my notes for this one. Uh, I thought the addition of Buster... That's not his name, but... Like, who is Buster? He played Buster on Arrested Development, and I have to go look oh, up his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name was just on the tip of my tongue now. Uh, I can't remember. Tony, Tony Hale. Tony Hale. As Jeffrey Trask. Um, who I thought was very fun. I love I love Tony Hale. He does good work. Um, I felt mostly about the trio of teenagers, roughly how I felt about the ones in the first movie. That's fair. We know nothing about them. They have very little character. Yeah. They, I mean, that's not true. We do know something about they them. They used to be a trio of friends, and then they had a fight, and then they weren't, but it was all a misunderstanding. Um... Which is fine. I wasn't watching it for them. The movie wasn't made to tell a cool story about them. No. <laughs> uh, Doug Jones was great. Again, I loved him. Okay, so... The to thing- me, he most, like, pulled from the original character. Yes. Like, he could have walked from one film into the next one. Yes. And- it was the same. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But again, Doug Jones has that physicality and and the skill to be able to pull that off. Unsurprisingly. Um, so, the thing about Gilbert. Gilbert, I think, served an interesting purpose from the standpoint of the story. So Gilbert's the one who owns the magic shop, which yes. is housed in the former... Home of the Sanderson sisters, yes. Um, I can only see Gilbert as a role he played on I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, um, where he was the host of the Little Buff Boys competition. Um, He was also the host of Baby of the Year, but that didn't bother me as much. Um, and so it was very weird seeing him in a very different role, only because that one has just seared itself into my okay, brain. Okay, I've never seen him before, so I didn't... Yeah, no, and I'm, I am going to show you that clip later, uh, oh, and you're going to go, Kevin, why did you show this to me? I love it when Kevin shows me those types of clips. <laughs> hey, to be fair, you liked Cough and Flop. <laughs> Cough and Flop. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> It wasn't that weird. It was funny, though. Yeah. It was funny. Um, so I just wrote Little Buff Boys in my notes, because that's all I was thinking about. Um, there were... So there were a lot of callbacks to the first movie. Yeah, and I have to say that's one thing that kind of annoys me in sequels, when mm-hmm. they call back to the first film and use that as as plot mm-hmm. humor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think so. And what's weird to me is they the I expected more of them to be joke based, whereas most of the callbacks were plot based. If that makes sense, um, there were a few smaller things like uh, Sarah going "amuk amuk amuk amuk," which I remember from the first one. I think it was in a trailer, and that always stuck in my brain. Um, and and a few other small jokes that were callbacks. There was a woman wearing a very similar not Madonna costume in the crowd that. scene. I was like, yeah, that's cute. A little Easter egg stuff like that. But really the callbacks were in the plot structure more so than in repeating the same jokes, if that makes well, sense. Well, I think it's the callback to like the car headlights. Was there a callback to the car headlights? Yeah, there was. There was. When he's like they pulling, mentioned the headlights. He's pulling into the garage and uh, they make a yeah, mention of they it. they did. You're right. In, in the second one, as in the first one. I think that one overshadowed me because I was thinking about the uh, water bottle being a callback to that also. <laughs> oh, I, I missed that was a that was a That was a plot-style callback, where yeah. it's like the same moment of we're lying to the witches about a thing. No, the, and the headlights was a humor yeah. callback. Yeah, the, the headlights was a joke callback, whereas this was a plot callback. Um, the black cat cobweb callback to Binks. Binks. Yeah. Um, for no particular reason, um, other than we needed to have a black cat in here. There were other callbacks, but mm-hmm. since I didn't write them down, I can't list all of them. That's okay. Um, at the beginning, though, in the second one, where it's kind of the overhead aerial shots flying over mm-hmm. the woods, and you're looking at the um, kind of blackbird, mm-hmm. the first one they did that with the shadow of yeah. of, of the witch flying over. So That's like true. That was a... Um, so Ted Lasso's boss gave them the book. Hannah Waddingham. Thank you. Hannah Waddingham, who I love. She's great in Ted Lasso and did a lot with a very small role in this one. Um, I'm, uh, if, if I were a fan of Hocus Pocus from my childhood, I might find her appearance very bothersome. Only because I feel like it contradicts the first movie stating very explicitly that they get got their powers from Satan the devil. Yeah, I wondered. I thought that that's what we would see in the flashback to them as children was making yeah. a deal. Because it's the, that old line of, mm-hmm. of how you get witches is you make a deal with the, with the devil. You mm-hmm. sign his book. Yes. You get your powers. Um, something that the movie... The first movie obliquely references a couple of times and explicitly references more than once, um, particularly with the scene in the house with those famous actors whose names I have not remembered. Penny and Gary Marshall. Thank you. Penny and Gary Marshall. You know, those famous people um, where they're like immediately smitten with Gary Marshall wearing a Satan costume and like call him master and are like, Never even have that disillusion, never or never even broken of that illusion in the film. Like, it's like, no, we definitely worship Satan. We're big fans of him. Um, and I feel like that was intentionally stripped out of the second one. They're like, uh, a little, can we... A little too much Can we do that? We, I, I guess we can mention days. virginity again, as long as we make it into a joke. But uh, we... Do we really want to do the whole Satanism thing? Uh, which is funny to me, because I feel like you could get away with that more today than you could have in the 90s when the satanic panic was very much still on people's minds. Yeah, they are playing villains, but they are... Um... Yeah, we're in a post-Harry Potter world where Harry Potter was very controversial mm-hmm. in certain circles for being devil worship. Even yeah, though there is none. no Satan in... Harry Potter. No. Um, so that was that was a weird choice to explicitly remove any mention of that. Um, it didn't necessarily hurt the film, but again, if I, I feel like if I was a, a a diehard Hocus Pocus fan, I might get snippy about that. 
Um, and then you had one of the teenager girls having witch powers just because. Again, it sort of, it glosses over that in a way that does not deepen the universe no. of the film. It's just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess sequel bait. <laughs> That's what Unless it felt like. Stinger, yeah, too. yeah. There's another one. They could do it again. Um, but again, I for the most part, like the various flaws and things that I that bothered me about the second one were more or less present in the first one. <laughs> In, I, in yeah. some ways. I think the second one, you can definitely like just watch it alongside the first one and add it to your telling yeah. movie marathon. I don't and, I don't think it will have the legs of the first one. Like, I don't know that it will ever become a staple. I think that's true with a lot of the reboots. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. sequels that, that are very hot right now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's nostalgia. Yeah. I did make the mistake. Not the mistake. It was fine. I did start reading IMDb reviews of Hocus Pocus 2, which was um, an exercise in misery reading. Yeah. Why did you do that to yourself? I mean, it didn't hurt me. I was fine with it because I don't have a strong connection to it. Um, but the number of people that hated this movie for reasons. The, the second one? Yeah, the second one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the they made it woke, which I... what Because you had a person... <laughs> Color as the yeah, lead and, and three girls. There was no boy teenager. Um, that was that was one of the common complaints. Because we put basically because we put people of color in the cast. Yes, that was the problem. A lot of people were mad that Alex Danny and the third one didn't show up. Alyssa, yeah, uh, Allison, Allison. There we go. So important that I know these names, um, which didn't bother me at all. Um, they're like, well, they didn't go seek revenge on these three people that killed them before? And I'm like, their motivations are made very clear. They didn't care about getting revenge. They cared about completing their ritual for eternal life. The only reason they're going after the mayor is because he's the blood of their enemy, and they need to get that for their ritual. It's not like a revenge thing. Like, they hate him for that. They're trying to kill him. No, they just need a couple drops of his blood to complete their magic ritual. Anyway. I, but if you have a nostalgia for the first film, I can see you really wanting those sure, Max, Danny, I guess. and Allison to be um, in the second one. Yeah. I don't... Again, I, I watched it for the witches. <laughs> and... They succeeded. They did. They succeeded. They succeeded. They gave me more they witches. They gave me more witches. And it was fun. And it was fun. Um, it was fun in the Walgreens when they were eating all of oh, the... I loved the, the Walgreens scene. Lotions and <laughs> serums. <laughs> Face skincare. I loved that. That was very fun. Uh, yeah. Just, just good business. Just go in here and eat some potions. I mean lotions. I mean potions. Youth. Uh, yeah, age restoring. You know, <laughs> just look for anything that says youth on it. Yeah, uh, I liked that uh, the two girls who accidentally summoned them were uh, somewhat self-aware when the Sanderson sisters showed up, and they're like, "We're not just going to immediately fall apart." They're like, "No, we're we just we'll lie to you immediately," and that worked. That was fine. Uh, it was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. I I did think um, when so towards the end of the film when when um, Sarah and Mary get like extra powers yeah. as they're completing this ritual mm-hmm. and they get the electricity yeah hands, exactly like fingers Winifred all I could think was Marvel loves some laser hands. <laughs> Yeah. Every Marvel character needs lasers. You gotta get your laser hands. Their hands. What's your power? Oh no, your power is laser hands. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that, that always reminds me of Dreamer on Supergirl. Yes. Dream bolts. What? 
Her superpower is like entering the dream verse and interpreting and dreams. dreams. And you just needed her to have a, a weapon of some sort, so you decided she could shoot dream energy out her hands. <laughs> Not technically a Marvel property, but rem but yeah. reminiscent of the same problem. Yeah, I can't remember what recent Marvel thing we saw that everybody got laser pants. Laser. Uh, they all blend together. They do. They do. I mean, it's in no time She-Hulk is going to have some I, laser hands. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's... <laughs> Winifred did have the electricity bolts coming out of her hands in, in the first one. Yeah, but now we gave them to everybody. <laughs> that was the representation but of her power. All I could think was yeah, Marvel loves some laser hands. <laughs> and Disney is Marvel, so... Yeah. Gotta get them laser hands. I did enjoy, uh, the, I felt like there were more Puritan references mm -hmm. in this one. Um, and I like the Puritans because I wrote my dissertation. Uh -huh. but, I mean, I don't like the actual Puritans, but it's fun to study them in pop culture. And all of the things that that representation yeah. says about our present moment. Um, I kind of wonder if, like, the Salem High School actually does have the Puritans as their mascot. I, I doubt it, but, uh, yeah, the, the high school's mascot was the Puritans. Um, I felt like this flashback to the time in 17th century Salem was very more mob. Well, I had a pretty good mob in the first one, too. Yeah. And that's what we think of as the Puritans were mobs. Of people who wanted to burn witches. Um, I have good news because I just looked it up. Are they the Puritans? They're the witches. They're the witches. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Puritans is a better choice, but the witches is also a good choice. Oh, I know it was interesting too watching it, you know, um, after spending, you know, 10 years of my life thinking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the mythology here is they're from Salem, and they seem to be in a universe where the Salem witch trials didn't happen, but the Sanderson sisters did. Yes. Because they were hanged in 1693. The actual Salem witch trials happened in 1692. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. That's an interesting parallel. Yeah, no, that's, that's the branch point. There were no Salem witch trials. Yeah. It was just the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. Which became mythologized in much the same way the Salem Witch Trials did in this universe. There's literally, you know, oh, not hotels, but there's, you know, gift shops and mythology and everyone in town knows the stories. Yeah. So, that was... Uh... Does that mean in the Hocus Pocus verse, Arthur Miller wrote The Crucible about... The Sanderson the Sanderson sisters. sisters. Maybe. Arthur Miller's Sanderson sisters. Yeah. They probably still call it the Crucible, but I mean, there wasn't a lot of doubt around the Sanderson sisters um, doing evil deeds and being. Yeah, for us, the viewer. <laughs> I mean, once the mom enters their house, they're going to find a dead child. Yeah, in the house. That's true. So. There was a dead child. It wasn't just so I saw Goody Proctor. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Interesting implications. We'll have to think about that. Mm. Uh, oh, and, and they had buckles on their hat. And they had buckles. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get them buckles. That's how you know you're Puritans. <laughs> Gotta get them buckles. <laughs> uh, I will say I appreciated something that was somewhat subtle. But I think was very true was um, the like handful of students dressed up in costume in the school at the beginning, and also all of the teachers wearing like very cheap onesie costumes. Um, that felt very true to life. <laughs> the you know the science teacher coming in in a big banana, but still giving a pop quiz. The principal's assistant wearing the ladybug dress costume thing. The, like, one kid dressed up as a Dracula. I appreciated that from a, a world-building standpoint of telling me it's Halloween without telling me it's Halloween. 
That worked. Let's go. I mean, obviously it's Halloween because it's a Hocus Pocus movie. We're not going to set it on, you know, Columbus Day. It'd be a much boringer movie. Well, depends on what side of Columbus you would tell. I'm not saying it'd be a good movie <laughs> or depict good things. I just went to that because I was the latest episode of the Anger Ruffin show made fun of Columbus, and I enjoyed that. It was a good <laughs> bit that they had in the Amber Ruffin show. Yeah. Watch the Amber Ruffin show. Uh, any other thoughts? Oh, well, so was this experience of watching this uh, huge nostalgic film uh, better? Or worse than when you watch The Goonies. Oh, way, way better than The Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> I got this movie. I was I understood what we were going for. I think uh, The Goonies just didn't work for me for a number of reasons. Yeah, I, don't. I think I think our listeners may come after you. For, it's been known to happen. For that, my my opinion of The Goonies is yes, it's fine, I guess. Whereas I enjoyed Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, I was surprised you watched it, too, because um, I didn't think you would want to... I certainly didn't want to end up not liking it. Yeah. <laughs> I was afraid of that to a certain extent. Um, but I also feel like it is, it's a culturally relevant film, and I like seeing those, even if I don't always like them. Mm. You were surprised I put it on the list? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because uh, because when you have a movie that's hyped up to you mm-hmm. for years and years and years, like then you don't want to watch it because you know it's gonna it's never gonna live up to the hype yeah. that other yeah. people have made. And I it. don't think I think knowing that going into it made it easier for me to to accept that I can like it, but not I don't have to love it the way everybody does. <laughs> but I also think it's a better film than the good. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, the Goonies is just my go-to comparison because of the Goonies incident. The incident being, you told me to watch the Goonies, and I did, and it was funny. I don't think I told you. I think that that mom yeah, wanted you to watch yeah. it. It was fun. mom wanted you to watch it. All right. You want to tell them about our Patreon? We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. You can support us on a per-episode basis. You can put a cap on the number of episodes we do that you support in a month. So if we show, we put out 20 episodes and you only want to support five, that's cool. You get it. Totally cool. Uh, There are two perks. One, you get the list of movies we didn't watch because Kevin gives me a list of five. I pick one. It works for both of our anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Quirks. And you also get the super-duper unedited version where you hear it from the moment we turn it on the mic to the moment we turn it off and we talk to our cat, who we talk to during the podcast. Also. As well. We thank you for your support. It will always be free. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Did I get it all? I think that's all the things. Okay. Uh, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.